Hi, and welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah. And I have the clap. <laughs> we were talking about clapping. <laughs> I don't have the clap, but I was trying to differentiate if Brad was talking about the sound or the disease. Although, you don't really hear about the clap anymore. Is that still an active STD? I think they cleared that up shortly after uh, World War II, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe they changed the name of it. I, I had a talk about STDs. Uh, I, I got a physical recently, and I had it. And my doctor told me that the highest cases of, I can't, maybe chlamydia, whatever the craziest STD, the highest cases were in Greenpoint in all of New York, <laughs> in any borough. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, and if you look at Greenpoint, it's basically like the same type of people as like, Bushwick or Williamsburg, where like basically everyone I know lives, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, it's the most concentrated because it's young people who have like multiple partners." Oh my god! He was like, "Yeah, the Upper West Side in Greenpoint." Upper um, West Side. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They get that's laid what he up said. there. I, I I don't know. I have not spent much time up there. Interesting. But uh, so guys, be careful out there. Watch um, out for chlamydia. Watch out for chlamydia, apparently. Guys, I like how you said guys. <laughs> guys, watch out. There's a lot of dirty sluts out there. <laughs> no, filthy, I, filthy I meant, women. I meant the colloquial. <laughs> Whores. <laughs> Dude, I meant like the colloquial guys. Like, <laughs> hey guys, like guys and girls. <laughs> Not like dudes. <laughs> They're out to get you. <laughs> evil women. But thank you for pointing that Witches. out. Witches. <laughs> Speaking of evil women. Today on the podcast, we have uh, two guys um, who, uh, who I've known for a long time. Well, one of them, uh, Jared Gorbel, who is, you might know from the honorary title. Um, he's known this dude forever. He's an amazing musician. He's been on Stephen's Untitled Rock Show a bunch of times with the honorary title. And Blake Sennett, who you may know uh, from Milo Kiley, and he's also done you know his own his own stuff and they formed a band a couple years ago called the night terrors of 1927 and um they were here they were here playing a show and kind of like a record release show for their album everything's coming up roses and um we got them to come to the podcast and uh it was awesome because both of these dudes are super accomplished and jared kind of moved out to la and they met and now they have this major label band and they have um they have a song called when you're mine with tegan and sarah and uh yeah they're just Awesome dudes. Didn't you think so, Brad? Yeah, they're really cool. They've got some cool t-shirts, too, I noticed, on their uh, site. Oh, really? I haven't checked that out. Yeah. I don't know who made them. I wonder who made them. You know who they should get to make them? It's Commonwealth Press. Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> yeah. They, who else would you get? Yeah. I mean, we don't know for sure. Why didn't so I think about that? We don't want this to be <clears throat> false advertising, but I mean, who else would have made them? So, check who out- Who else could get away with false advertising except the- a... <laughs> A lonely podcast. Exactly. <laughs> um, they definitely made them. Yeah. Commonwealth makes shirts for U2 and Radiohead, as well as the lowliest bands. They'll yeah. take any run. I mean, it's sort of unfortunate that they do do the official merch for Bill Cosby. That, I think they dropped him. Yeah, I think they dropped him so too. I think official. they were actually the first people that dropped him when all that stuff came out. You, Commonwealth. You would, heard it on this, yeah. on this news podcast. Yeah. This official news podcast. So... Commonwealth yeah, dropped Bill Cosby. Yeah, most of you guys have probably gotten rid of your Bill Cosby shirts, but if you still have one lying around, <laughs> anyways, uh, if you want to get shirts made by Commonwealth Press, uh, go to cwpress.com/podcast and you get six free shirts in addition to your order. And also, that is cool for us because it's sort of like a referral. So, yeah, they were nice enough to kind of step up and be our first sponsor for some episodes. So, let's pay them back. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Don't get any STDs. 
Uh, get rid of your Bill Cosby shirts. Get rid of your Bill Cosby shirts and check out this podcast with Jared and Blake from the Night Terrors of 1927. All right, this should be interesting. I don't normally do these by myself, but Stephen has kids and it's super complicated. Yeah. So it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, Where's Stephen? Stephen is at home with his. Oh. I know, I was just kidding. I. Who's Steven? He's, so Steven is a friend of ours. He used to host a show on Fuse called Steven's Untitled Rock Show that I used to write. And when I mentioned your name, like he got so excited. So I guess you guys have known each other for a long time? Yeah, Fuse used to have honorary title on the honorary title on. Are we interviewing right now or is this just hanging out? I think it's, we, this can just be hanging out or this can be... Oh, I think well, it's, it's being recorded. It it's being recorded. I'm not saying anything secret. <laughs> Me and Steven, it was intimate. <laughs> it was, you know, it happened fast. We yeah, no, I understand. But, um, <laughs> you know, those things that's... that's God, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know. Yeah, me and, me and Steve, you know, the Untitled Rock Show, we gave it a name that night, baby. Let me tell it's, you. Yeah, it's cool for you to finally come out and admit this. No, Steven's Fuse really supported the honorary title back when shows played videos that weren't you know, the, only the top 10 songs on the planet. Um, but uh, the, uh, yeah, so we were on Stephen's Untitled Rock Show and we were on other shows too on Fuse. So he was always so cool to us and interviewed us and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, so in case you're wondering, I'm here with the Night Terrors of 1927. Yes, sir. And this is Jared and Blake. Yes. Hi, welcome. How's it going? Pretty well, man. Like, beautiful day in New York. The weather warmed up for us. You know, we saw the report. It was, like, really cold right before we came. I mean, really cold. Yeah. Like, negatives with the wind chill and stuff. And now it's, like, in the f- high 40s. Pretty nice. Pretty nice for this yeah. time of year. I mean, I, I'm... So, um, yeah, be, drove across the Super Hudson bay double bridge i don't know the names of the bridges williamsburg bridge and it was very nice saw the people making asphalt or whatever they're doing (laughs) saw that like kind of like beautiful vista slash terrifying scene yes um you know the un where the domino factory used to be yeah so is it is it i haven't been there in a little while have they started tearing it down yet it, I didn't even see it. I, I feel like it used to be visible, so I think that's what he's talking about. There's like construction. Yeah, they must or, be because they were doing like a museum installation there up until a couple months ago before they tore it down. Uh, that I was like, I should go to that before they tear it down, and yeah, totally didn't. You missed it. Blew it, hey, dude. The intention was there. The intention was there. It was the intention was like half there. Well, maybe out of five half intentions, you hit one. Yeah, that's, that's more true. than I probably hit. <laughs> So that's good, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Not that you should, not that I'm any benchmark, but it's still something. No, that actually does make me feel a little better about it. <laughs> uh, you guys played Seth Meyers yesterday. How was that? Is that? Have you guys done anything like that before with this band? No, that was our first live television performance. Um, right? Yeah, it was. Um, it, it went really well. Um, we were just excited for the opportunity. Um, we had like a special guest star with us singing, um, cause it was, a, we performed When You Were Mine, which is the duet with Tegan and Sarah. Obviously Tegan and Sarah were busy at that time and they're, they're not here. So we had Dee Dee from the Dum Dum Girls sing the lead duet part. And then we also recorded a song called Always Take You Back, which is online just as the band. 
was good. Nice. Are you guys big kind of comedy fans? I feel like in LA, there's such like a big kind of scene with all that stuff. That segue was awesome. It's pretty good, right? (laughs) I mean, no, I mean it because my mind was like, boom, whoa, far out. (laughs) Really? Because every time I do a segue, I'm like, oh my God, shut up. This is... No, I was like, I mean, that's how my mind works too. Just like, (laughs) no, next. Yeah. Click the old school channel on the TV. (laughs) For real. Like, yeah, like he has to like follow my brain. Um, Yeah, I liked in the 80s, I liked comedy tapes a lot. Like... But I don't know if I'm, like, modern comedy fan. Like, Paul F. Tompkins and Largo scene. Like, I've been yeah. to some of those. Those are good. Have you been to Meltdown? Mm-mm. They get some good shows over there. Mm. Is it, Where is that? It's like that. It's like a comic book store mm. on one of those main streets. I'm so bad with L.A., like, where stuff is. But I feel like it's on Sunset or one of those. Mm. You drive past it. I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know that, like golden apple yeah i don't know much about serious comedy world that you guys are speaking yeah, I don't of know, like, <laughs> i like the guilty pleasures like i'll watch key and peel sometimes yeah and, but it's you know it's half and half with sometimes it's really bad but i secretly am enjoying it but um and um portlandia yeah the that's hipster a great one. go-to um which is part of the excitement of playing seth myers oh yeah it was right there yeah he's part of the, the house band yeah yeah um and Sleater Kinney put out a new album, and I didn't even realize the connection that him and Carrie, uh, yeah, yeah, and Sleater Kinney. But those are my recent uh, comedy favorites. I feel like today's uh, comedy is like uh, the, like shows that are drama or like partially comedy. Like TV's getting so good that it's hard to different, differentiate some stuff. I don't really, really watch like the. Like when I was a kid, you know, uh, Three's Company and um, Cheers and all that stuff, the half-hour comedies. But maybe you're talking about stand-up comedy. I don't even know. What's the difference? What kind of comedy are we talking about? Yeah. I took it to mean stand-up, yeah, but any comedy, any, comedy is cool. any comedy is my I feel like comedy is like a thing like I didn't know it would be so cool at this, like as an adult. Or like if someone had told me once younger, like, you should be a chef or a mm-hmm. comedian. I'd be like, oh, I don't know. And now like that's like the coolest thing to be, sort of. A chef or a comedian? I feel like, to me at least, in my yeah. world. I saw some girl named... Do you know that girl? Eliza Schlesinger or whatever? Yeah, the name sounds super familiar. She's kind of like weirdly like hot for... I don't know, for a comedian. But like extremely hysterical. Like starts a joke and then just starts going like... Like halfway through. Like that's... Like comedy... Like the, the wheel of like evolution of things is so fast with like the internet and the way we get things now that I feel like things are just disintegrating into vapor and she does that a little in her routine and it's kind of interesting. I got real pumped when I saw Does she have a new special or something? I think, I, think so. I saw this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so, man. Like a Netflix As far as thing. like the internet comedy thing too, it's like now there's people that are famous as comedians on Twitter. Like yeah. Rob Delaney. I don't know if I'm yeah, pronouncing totally. it. Like that yeah. guy. I followed him on Twitter and I'm like, oh, I'm really a fan of this comedian. Never saw him on any sort of stand-up, never saw anything. And to the point where I had my Kindle and I was like, I'm going to buy his book. I couldn't get past the first chapter because I realized, I was like, I don't really know this guy's comedy. I'm just a fan of his tweets. Right. It's just such, there's like a whole other angle, you know, like people with viral videos. I've like gotten caught up in like young, like uh, comedian people who just post ridiculous stuff i can't even remember their name it's like record titles you know like you're on spotify or youtube you're like yeah i love that band you don't even know the name of the song you don't even know it's not like tangible full record or like when or like 
Eddie Murphy's delirious. Everybody loves Eddie Murphy. He's on SNL. He's got the stand-up special. It's just like, there's so many ways for people to display their art and comedy. It's just like, it is hard to keep up with, and you could be a fan of any of those sort of delivery methods. Delivery methods. I think that's true of music, too, though. Aren't there, like, YouTube, like, people who just, like, a few songs on YouTube? I mean, I just feel like it's hard for me to listen to bands I actually like who put out records. Like, I'm not going to scour YouTube for some 14-year-old. I don't know. It's me. Yeah. It's a new world. It's a new world. Um, I'm going to do another, like, weird segue. But speaking of the older world, uh, (laughs) first time (laughs) I met Jared, I kind of want to bring something up. You stayed at my house with John Cheese. And he was, to think, touring with you guys? John Cheese, our tour manager, yeah. Um, and honorary title, stayed at my house, and then one of the dudes in your band was, like, shit-talking my apartment. Like, was like, this place is too small. Yeah. Like, I can't believe we're all staying here. Mm, I can <laughs> guess who that was. <laughs> and it got back to me. <laughs> and, and I would remember, like, just think it was so funny, being like, dude, seriously? Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, dude, this is a resentment that's been boiling for a long <laughs> I've only been years. holding on to this for like 15 years. I think you need to answer for this, Jared. <laughs> some people are good people, but some people, when they have drinks, they become other people, you know, and then they become not nice people. And totally. It's not fun to be around. I mean, I've let it go, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, being on, <laughs> right, yeah. also being on tour is like its own whole poison sometimes. Yeah. You know, particularly, uh, I know in the mornings before my coffee, I... I'm certain that everyone must die. Yeah, no, um, I understand. And then I like have my coffee and settle in. But um, yeah, it's it's a gnarly world. And he had probably was drunk and also young. Yeah, I mean, I was probably, everybody was probably partying. In a sense. Also, if I may. Sure. <laughs> I think these are issues that Jared is working through and has gotten pretty much on the other <laughs> side. But he's incredibly cheap. So this guy may have been at the end of his of his sleeping on the floors of many apartments with cats on his face and he's allergic to cats. I'm just saying. I am... I would push for a three and a half star more than you would. <laughs> Let's get to it. I am, it's true. I'm a it's value true. shopper, but I like... He likes I like to stay complete. But back then, yeah, it didn't even matter. It was like, oh, a couple shots of whiskey. Yeah. You passed out. There is a cat shitting on your face. Who cares? Yeah. Um, you but, can deal with it. Shut up. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of the... Yeah, no, uh, the... Catch it. That was like, we were probably playing the Grog Shop or yeah. something. Yeah, the Grog Shop. Everybody's sure. played in Cleveland, oh, the Grog Cleveland. Shop. Cleveland. That's where you're playing. That's where, that's where I'm Cleveland. from. Oh, okay, I moved cool. here about seven years ago. Oh, yeah, cool, man. Um, Cleveland's gnarly. I mean, it's like, you know, you can turn the wrong corner yes. and be like in Detroit. It's yes. Like, whoa. There's some really bad areas right next to really nice areas. Yeah, it's yeah. like so schizophrenic that way. Yeah, at least it, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Detroit is just all that, but um, I like Cleveland. I like Ohio. Where are you guys from originally? San Diego. San Diego. Long Island. Gotcha. New York. Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to Cleveland. <laughs> San Diego <laughs> Superchargers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. But. I was just in San Diego. We My band played at the Casbah. Oh. And it's so crazy how close the airplanes get yeah. to that area. It's, it's, That's one of those areas that changed really fast too, right? It's like kind of nicer over there. Yeah, San Diego downtown was like the worst. Yeah. Really? Forever. And then, yeah, like... Kind of 
innovation station. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what billionaires like, let's do it. Like, I don't know how that works, you know, but it really happened. They've been trying to do that in Cleveland and it has not really worked. <laughs> that waterfront area, like hey. every couple of years, someone's like, we're going to transfer. Nope. <laughs> not yet. It's going to take yet. a minute. Yeah, yeah, it takes a while, that kind of stuff. San Diego is like, at least, you know, the weather is like a little more stable. That Midwest has that punishing weather. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I had another memory about the Grog Shop, another show. I wonder if it was the same show because this actually coincides. We had this crazy fan who was... Seem, he seemed kind of well off, like, you know, like a very, like, um, yuppie, clean cut guy. And he was located in Ohio or something. And he was like, the beginning of the night, he's like, I'm putting you up in a really nice hotel, a whole bunch of rooms. And at the end of the night, the girlfriend who had him was like crying because she had to like drag his body because he was just like unconscious, like drank that much. And it just seemed like this was also like a normal part of their relationship. <laughs> it might have not even been that same night. It could have been like we've played Cleveland 30,000 times. Um, but yeah, I do remember that. Good old memories. Photo booth. Did he then not get the hotel? Oh, no, no. There was like you couldn't even. There was. We just left. We gave up. There was no hotel rooms. Then we stayed with Jonah. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're doing a podcast in a giant dust bunny. <laughs> Yeah, on a, <laughs> in a in a bed, but it was actually a kitty litter. <laughs> I got rid of that thing. It was gross. Yeah, <laughs> what? It was a kitty litter bed. Yeah, you like before you go into the bed, you have a shovel and you just scoop the little turds out and you get cozy oh, in there. Oh damn! <laughs> no. Do you have cats? I don't have cats. Did you have cats? No. Okay, this is just weirdness. <laughs> uh, and we, uh, me and Jared spoke to a bunch of high school kids or middle school kids a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. For, Do you remember that? Yes. In the West village at an elementary school. Yeah. For somebody's something or other. This is really informative. I don't even remember what Lizzie. it was for. And what was it for? It oh, was like to talk about music with like the, yes. kids, but I felt like the kids were like, I feel like one of the kids was, like, not really nice to me. Like, I felt like I was, like, getting bullied or something <laughs> by, like, these, like, 12-year-olds. Because, uh. like, what's wrong with your posture? I was like, dude, shut up. What's wrong uh. with your posture? That's not nice. Not cool. But I guess you don't have a filter they when were you're like, up. I'm an intellectual. We slouch. <laughs> exactly. They were, like, 10 years old, 9, 10. Yeah, and, they, and um, our friend Lizzie is a writer. Maybe? Did she used to work for Rolling Stone yeah. or something? So she was bringing in people to class. Like, these are people in the music industry. Talk about what you do. They start throwing spitballs at your face. <laughs> yeah. But no. They interview us and, like, write stories. It was really weird. Yeah. I don't know why I just thought about it. Yeah, I remember that. And then you moved out of here. Yeah, I was like, screw this. <laughs> I should have done that. I used to live not far from this podcast. Oh, yeah? I think he left kicking and screaming i don't know yeah he was like screw this did you yeah, guys have the idea sound tough for this <laughs> band in mind when you moved out west or no no <laughs> no J jared jared had come to my house and stayed at my house for 30 some odd days recording his solo record that's how we met okay and by the time ago. he left if someone was like do you know that guy jared gorbell I probably would have responded with, I, yeah, I like met that guy. Yeah, like, because my interactions with him were so brief and um, 
transient, you know, I think we probably shared like 40 words over the course of like a month. So when he called me, when he had moved to LA, I was like, oh, I didn't think that dude and I, like, I didn't think there was any connection there necessarily, you know, like, but it's, yeah, come over, man. That'd be cool. Like, let's write a song. And he's like, he's like, I moved here. You know, I don't really know so many people, but I know you and you're a musician. I'm a musician. It's like, write a song. No particular end in mind. We wrote a song and then it was like pretty easy and like felt good, you know, like, as a, as artists, I think that's like all you have for your like barometer, really, because is your feelings. You know, I think I fall into trying to figure it out so much, but really, it's just like how does it feel? And it felt good, and so we wrote a second one and a third one, and gave like probably by the time we wrote that like second or third one, we gave it to a manager, and they were like, "Dude, this is really cool. Like, you should keep doing this. You guys have like a good vibe." And we, yeah, we were. You know, yeah, it was pretty much that. Like, I moved to LA. I was depressed about it, and I was like, okay, I was writing songs. You know, at least I didn't stop doing that. I was like, I'll just, I know Blake from recording that record. I'll go try and write a song with him with no intention. I didn't even know what it was for. Maybe I was gonna, maybe I was trying to make another solo something. I didn't even know. It's kind of on the verge of like not playing music anymore. And I had already transitioned into not playing music anymore. (laughs) So two retirees getting... I mean, you know, I think um, it can be tough. You need to take little breaks in your mind, even if it's just a a function of survival. Like, you're not really taking a break or quitting, but you tell yourself that to, like, let yourself off the hook for a couple weeks. Um, But, yeah. And he and I share probably... a similar work ethic like we just want to like work a lot you know like so it's been fun it's been it's been it's been cool was this was this kind of like did you have any time sort of between Rilo Kali kind of winding down in this project where you were just kind of figuring out what to do or did this kind of come along kind of right after that no, Rilo Kylie had ended a couple of years, like three years before. Or okay, because it was a little like enigmatic. I felt like what was was happening. So I felt like I wasn't sure if you guys were still working on stuff or. No, we we had fully broken up. I mean, I don't know that that was like, um, n- you know, like news or whatever. But it was right. like we had fully broken up, and um, and I was like. I think in the process of looking over my shoulder and sort of trying to sort out what had uh, happened, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, that was cool. Let's examine that now because you just kind of like, you know, you just kind of go forward sometimes without like, um, without like processing. You're just like blasting through brick walls when you're like in your early 20s. You just start like, you know what I mean? You just go. You don't like... uh, so I think I was looking back like, okay, like that. And, and do I want to do this? Cause it, it, you know, well, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there to do. I could go like be a, um, open water diver, you know, like I could go do any number of things. So I like, was like, <clears throat> I was like, I also had realized post Rilo Kylie that I didn't have any skills except for music. So I bought a couple motorcycles and was teaching myself to like, 
you know, through YouTube, how to work on motorcycles. And I was in a karate class and I was, I learned to scuba dive and like all this weird stuff, you know what I mean? That was like, had nothing to do with, with music or goals. It was just like, let me fill out my life. So if I were to have a child, they'd, they'd be like, Oh dad, you're kind of cool. You know, to do lots of stuff. And then he showed up kind of, you know what I mean? I was doing like existential balloon filling and he showed up and was like, want to ride? And I was like, sure. It at this point holds no more importance than working on my motorcycle. So why not? You know, there's nothing on it. Um, but now look, here we are. And now it holds a lot more importance. And I'm very grateful for that because I love music and I, I, I love this path. Um, yeah. So you had an elected record too in between. Yes. I had an elected record in between totally. Right. And I didn't think that was part of that search and i did one tour and was like nope in some way you know like i don't think i'm comfortable being like the front man it's not really not really it's not my i don't i don't like that role and also when you run into other people like a jared or jenny lewis who make so much sense as that role you can really compare yourself against it and be like yeah they like it and they're really good at it and i don't even like it and i'm not sure i'm good at it why the hell would i do that you know yeah so we had someone on the podcast recently who I saw play with Rilo Kiley, who I think is such an underrated frontman, uh, Jake Bellows. Oh, yeah. What a voice. Like Chet Baker. So good. Yeah. What a voice. I saw you guys play together at SoCal Underground like a uh, really long time. I recorded wow. a record in Stephen Peterson's basement. Oh, God. Yeah. The Faint. That's your friend, Jake? Yeah. In LA? Yeah. Yeah. He's we in would LA ride now. motorcycles together. Really? He was like my one motorcycle buddy. <laughs> we rode all the way from LA to San Francisco doing living room shows no way on motorcycles wow and we would set it up jared actually taught me how <laughs> he had like the pedro the lion e- guide solution book too. yeah 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 equation on how to do living room shows yeah the, this yeah yeah my manager helped me get it so i pass it on to him <laughs> yeah so jake and i set up all these shows and motorcycled it all the way up to um san francisco and back like playing shows like santa cruz all it's amazing. One of my favorite tours of my life, actually. Such a weird tour. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Like, terrifying. Like, that was my one. Like, So did you put trip. guitars on the back of your motorcycle? No, we, we, it was like part of the request. Like, okay. You have to provide us with two acoustics. So you didn't really have to bring anything? Like a toothbrush or something? And- a toothbrush and like, yeah, change of underwear. That's great. Yeah, it was weird. Very cool. Very, very, very enriching. Maybe Jared and I will do that. Soon. You guys should. But he'll be in a sidecar with the goggles on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you been to any of those Dave on house shows? No, I haven't. No. I, I've been to every single one that's been here oh, since I've gosh. lived here. I'm like a little bit like obsessive super that's fan. Cool, though, yeah. I also have like a lifetime pass to his shows. Wow. That they did on this one tour like five years ago where if like you email this thing, like they'll just like get you into stuff. You're like a hardcore fan. Yeah. A bitter line. Yeah. And the shows are so awesome because I'm sure they're the same as, as your tour. Like you just like bring in beer, like sit on the floor. It's like 50 people, no mic, and you just like plays and it's, it's like incredible. Yeah. That cool. It's I a had, future, I think, of like touring. I had such a good experience doing it um, that I I loved it. Like I was like, oh, I can actually be a like front man if this was how i existed i actually loved it i was like i'm gonna buy an rv um but no in the end like it's um you know 
You, you, it's the thing about life, man. You only have two hands. You, know, you can't hold on to everything. Right, right. So you got to really decide, you know? And I don't think that's, well, I, don't, I need to be a living room musician. But, but um, I felt like, it, do you feel like it, like, helped? like avoid some like the posturing and stuff like if like you don't have to be like how are you guys doing tonight like that yeah. type of stuff yeah. which i feel like would That's prevent tough. me from ever being a front man yeah it's i think tough. i think yeah. that there are people who are more comfortable talking to like two thousand people right and i think i'm more comfortable talking to 20 people so um or 50 or whatever i mean i think i capped mine at 25 a show because it just seemed like i wanted to hang out that was part right, of it right you know like hey let's make a fire and we're like talk and jake is like i don't know if you ever hung out with him yes, but he'll just talk for hours to anyone he's like a true <laughs> man of the people like it doesn't matter like senator or homeless person like he'll sit and talk with you so um yeah we were like existential wanderers but using the internet to like find these little safe havens yeah i i, I liked that jared what's it like being a front man are you super confident what's that like that's funny you know i've been I've been both ends, you know, I've done house shows and I've now more than ever in Night Terrors, it is like front man. It's like a, I don't play guitar. Sometimes I do, but it's, it's, it's been a learning process because even on our title, I was the singer, but I always played guitar. And I think we were like, we were living in a more organic world. And the goal of Night Terrors is it requires a front man, like the actual term, you know, more than in like a bigger sense. So it's been a learning process being support for like bigger bands and having to like amp up your personality. Cause I'm a very, um, I'm like a little snail slug, quiet person, but, um, it's scary, but it's really fun. Once you embrace it, you're like, Oh, this is like being a kid and like standing in front of the microphone. Like, I don't know if every kid does that, but you know, when I was in like f- fifth grade, I would listen to like this big, like Motley Crue and like hold a hockey stick and like pretend to be this. Hmm. I, it got repressed and I forgot about it because I didn't mm-hmm. listen to that anymore. And I was just like, oh, I want to be cool and like tasteful and subtle and and ang- and sad, you know, like uh, all the people that inspired me. But now it's like I can be a kid again and just like let mm-hmm. loose and like kids eat that up because they love that and it's fun. So it really is fun. But I've been on the other side too, you know, like being the intimate folk setting too and that's fulfilling in a completely different way and you don't have to like amp yourself up you can just be like hey what are you doing like we are right now yeah (laughs) i think two different worlds i feel like we came of age in like the real time of like indie authenticity and pain and depth you know like bright eyes was like the biggest thing in the world like you know and like who writes words like that like you know so I think, yeah, it's like getting back to both our roots in a way of being children and enjoying just like writing like songs that go in easy, you yeah. know, and hopefully you have depth and meaning, but aren't so fraught with, yeah, you know, they hit you quicker. It's not something you're, I don't know who knows, but yeah, people can listen to different types of songs on repeat, but I agree, like bright eyes and stuff, like a folky stuff where you're really like living in the words. Yeah, like Elliot Smith, like, I'm so in pain, watch me prove it, like, fuck. Right. Oh, you know. You guys are also kind of a part of such kind of iconic labels, kind of, I feel like, at their peak. Like, I feel like Doghouse and Saddle Creek, Mm -hmm. at that time, like, it was such a community and, like, it was, like, 
how do you kind of look back on that? Because I feel like that doesn't really exist so much anymore in the sense of like labels are maybe like... We always talk about that. We're like, what is the Saddle Creek of today? Yeah, or what is, is the Saddle Creek of like today or the dog house? Is something? I don't... Yeah, I don't... Uh, I always try to think of that because I remember in the early 2000s it just felt like, yeah, Jade Tree and Polyvinyl mm-hmm. and Saddle Creek and... And I'm like, am I just getting older? Am I losing touch? Like, where? Who are those? Is it Jag, Jaguar or whoever you say those labels? Like, are, is there a community in that world? Like, I know that Burger Records in the cassette, right? Kind of a, a dirty punkish world. Like, that, that's there seems to be a community in there. It's like the moth, super moth rainbow. You know what I'm talking about? That thing. I don't know that, moth rainbow. No, I, I, no the, I, I don't think I'm putting it all together right. That's but that band, the casket, grave face. Yeah. Girls. Is that what it is? Casket Girls. And yeah, they have like a scene. Okay. Grave Face Records. Yeah, but I don't think it's as big as Saddle Creek. And I don't. Yeah, I feel like there's so many of them now that the niches are smaller too. So they're hard to keep up with. Yeah. Right. It's like, I don't know that there can be another one of those. Yeah. there's. It's like everybody can create now on their own and everybody can put out their own and create yeah. their own labels. So there's probably like 100 bar souks now, you know, where bar souk has like been diminished to less. Or has it? I don't know who's on Barsook these days. I think Nata Surf is still... Barsook does... Oh, and they had Fantagram. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it must exist, but it's a little harder to keep track of. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, at least in Shirts of Saddle Creek, some of that just felt like some kind of dumb luck. I mean, how do you get that many, like, bands of those calibers in that... Yeah. At that tiny five-year window in Omaha? Like... That just felt like, whoa, like what's how did this happen? You know, yeah. like these records are cursive and the faint and bright eyes and you know, like uh Azure, like there was you know, there's just like crazy stuff. I just, that just felt like dumb luck, you know, or something. I don't know. Um, so I don't know, like if that I just remember like it was still built up to me and then like I recorded at the old presto in mm-hmm. Lincoln and Lincoln? I was like I was like, This place is such a shithole. In Lincoln? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I can't believe all these records like got made here. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think from where we came, like for, for Rilo Kylie, like that place was, I was really, I thought it was really, it looked very expensive to me when I first <laughs> went there. Maybe if I went back now, it would be a shithole. Well, what I don't know. That? I'm sure the newer one is crazy. Oh, the newer crazy, one world class, like but, crazy, like Neve board. I don't know. Like, I'm sure. Um. Yeah, we flooded the toilet. I like slept on the floor. Like maybe uh, yeah. it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely was. And there, I mean, Lincoln itself is. There aren't a lot of hotels. It's like, right. And if you're anything like we were, you had to sleep somewhere gnarly. Like we slept in a flop house for like six dollars a night. Six dollars a night. Like that's a real figure. <laughs> we slept in a flop house with homeless people for six fucking dollars. Man, you could have just slept at the studio. That's what we did. I, I don't know why we did, but yeah. I, I, we, well, we couldn't afford $6 for everybody. So <laughs> I did at some time sleep in the studio. And um, I don't remember. Sometimes I was in the flop house. And like, yeah, there was like an open window and like some jock pissed into one of our rooms. No way. Like as, oh my God, dude. Like. Yeah, but those are good times. I mean, you know, it's cool. It's a full life. It's a great yeah. thing, you know? And yeah, I don't know if that exists today. It's like you said, it's been fractured into t- so many tiny shre- like shards and 
yeah, the glass pieces have gotten smaller, but maybe they'll coalesce into one. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's probably happening. The indie labels right are becoming more and more, and the major labels are coming closer to the indie level to like level the playing field. It's like they're meeting in the middle almost. It's like, I mean, we'll we'll see. We're on a major label, but it almost it doesn't feel like the major label vibe that I got previously. It feels. Um, it feels right now like they're growing us, like like what naturally happens when you're in an indie band. So I don't know if, you know, it was a transitional, it was a pre-transitional time in the music industry too, before um, labels started laying everybody off and they were spending too much money um, and they were looking down at the indie labels who were like, what are they doing right? What are they doing right? You know, it was definitely like a um, a different time in music. I think too, like the internet and people become their own like you know petri dishes and the labels have the benefit of of that to see right. like what sort of connects and uh you know running their algorithms based on how many views you get or something you know um and then so they sign less but i have felt so far with this label so taken care of you know like they've been so gentle and nice and i've never felt like tampered with artistically in any way um that it's been really nice so far so, but i didn't yeah my prior major label experience was i was so bubbled off yeah in my you know we we didn't really interact so you would have a better perspective than me there wasn't as much interaction even even with my band and mm. my label at the time mm. well i mean maybe i just trusted management who knows i don't even know what was going on I um I feel like I appreciate it more this time. So maybe I'm like making an effort too to like hang out, see what's happening. Oh, sounds are happening. Empty cavernous stomach. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. Indie labels, jeez. I hope I'm sure kids get that thing, you know. That was kind of exciting, you know, when you're like, "Ooh, I like this label. What else is on this label?" It was right, a fun right. way to discover other bands. That was always cool like totally i think it exists with like top shelf maybe or those kind of band labels but then they're signing a lot of like older band like they sound like braid and like the jazz june and stuff which is cool for kids to help them discover like the roots of a lot of yeah indie and emo so that's cool but yeah i know what you're saying it's like but yeah like vagrant having like paul westerberg or something you know it's like you always get that well it's cool I don't know. I I I know. I personally, as a music fan, I love where the music industry has gone because I really like enjoy. I use RDO, same as Spotify and Beats, but I, it's so much fun. It's like a free library of anything, anytime. I know we don't make any money off of it, right. but as the fan, it's so cool every morning just to like see what's new and pull from everything and listen and see what random people who have good taste are checking out without having to actually hang out with them i mean that's cool you know it used to be like your friend made you a mixtape or you happened to be dating a girl who had good taste and now you can just kind of creep on people and and see what's happening in music it's kind of fun i feel like i use it also for like the opposite like how oh, i really like the songs in high school let me try to find it Mm. I was listening to like all this Possum Dixon last night. Oh yeah, like all these bands that I thought. Robbie was... Zabrecki. <laughs> YouTube that guy is was cool rad. For I that. saw him recently. Really? Mm-hmm. He was doing magic at a party. He's just a magician now. 
Really? Yeah, really good magician too. Wow. Yeah, like a really, really he he works at the Magic Castle in L.A., which is like the, it's like the you know if there was like the Primo Comedy Club, it's that for magic. Oh, it's like suits only and it's so very on. Fancy. And Robbie wow. Zabrecki is like a yeah like a in house guy there, and he's he's so nice. And I'm so I get starstruck when I because I was such a fan of Possum Dixon. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, Possum Dixon. Yeah, that's a good way to yeah look at look for old stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Magic Castle. I never even knew that there was like a a place like that anywhere in the world. Let Dude, alone in LA. come to either. LA. Let's go yeah. to Magic Castle. I think you got to wear a suit. I went recently. Really? People get really pumped for it. I felt like a cranky grandpa because I wasn't <laughs> as pumped, but people really enjoy it, and it's like very fancy, good-looking people and there. Every magician is like. David Blaine, not really, because right. that guy's next level. But they'll come over, do card tricks, and that'll blow your mind. Like just while you're waiting, you know. Yeah. And it's multiple uh, magic shows happening in different rooms and miniature different theaters, all different. So you like sitting at a table, or are you like walking around? Uh, you walk around. You you have you walk around. And at bars, even there'll be people, but you also have like, oh, this show's at nine o'clock, okay. and then you go and sit down within a thing. And you gotcha. have like a dinner, like I, I've had a dinner, and then go see a show. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. also like they have a restaurant. It's cool in that it's like the interior and everything is trapped in time. It's like um, the, just the decor. Yeah, it looks like Disneyland in there. Or yeah, like Disneyland in like nineteen eighty two or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, like the haunted mansion or something. Yeah. Disneyland. I don't know West Coast references. No, it remain it made me think of Disney World, East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Florida? Florida? Florida. Florida. Uh, I was just Boca. I was down there last year and I was the guy. Everyone was so pumped and I was like, Ugh. Orlando? Yeah. I was At Disney World. Yeah, just yeah, like it's tough I was to and do. everyone was so excited. Hmm. And everyone's like, What's your deal, man? I, I was like, not. I don't know, I'm 34. Like, yeah. I don't like, yeah. that's my deal. Lines suck. Yeah. Yeah, people like. Yeah. I'd also eaten something that made me ultra paranoid and sweaty. Oh, that's like you. So. No, that I think did he's not referring help. to something else. Oh, <laughs> I see. It. It's funny because I was going to say, I was like, maybe I didn't enjoy it because I'm not into like the, um, hallucinogenics or something. But you're saying, no, I mean, it depends on the persona. Doesn't you know? help. Doesn't help. Yep. You just make somebody it. some magical mushrooms and they still just get freaked out and run for their life. <laughs> it's a small world becomes frightening. It, like, oh. it, it was. A, it, I just felt like I was connecting with everyone and it's a small world. Like there were every like character trying to tell me something and I couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah. Anyways. And yeah, I couldn't enjoy Disney World now at all. Yeah. Even roller coasters just bash my head around and I come out with like a headache. I know, man. When you're a kid, you're like, I bash know. me around. I want to go back on. I... Yeah, I had a moment on one of the rides where I was like, I don't think this is fun. I don't know how I ever thought it was fun. But yeah. I think I did. Yeah. But I wish I thought stuff was still fun, I think, instead of just being so cynical. Yeah, you gotta bring kids or have kids uh, and then it'll be fun again. Yeah, I don't know, oh, man. Or go scuba diving. Yeah. Well, n for real, like when you said that, I was like, what is fun like Disneyland was then? The scuba diving. Really? It's so weird, man. Yeah. It's so weird. And it's like, it's a, it's the Alice in Wonderland ride where you're like, what? I can breathe underwater. Like this is a whole other level of Disneyland, grown up Disneyland. Yeah. Like, I can breathe underwater and there's like a fucking hammerhead shark over there. Like the weirdest looking creature ever. It's definitely like 
stuff to be had, but you've got to go searching farther. You can't just pay like a hundred bucks now. <laughs> and like, yeah. 20,000 leagues under yeah. the sea. <laughs> leagues. <laughs> What's a league? Like an inch? I don't know. That's a good question. Know. Do you still do the motorcycle stuff? No, I, I gave it up like uh, maybe like a year, what, like a year and a half ago, a year ago? Something. Like yeah. Because I just looked at my fingers and my hips and was like, I didn't smash anything. Time to like yeah. put that one away. The, the yeah, the, the, the risk reward on that skews really, really far on, on risk. Yeah. I but, can see that. But I'm glad for my time in it, but I think it, it could be put away for a great many years now. I miss my sidecar though. <laughs> I miss, you know, just riding down the highway. <laughs> my hand up on your butt. Yeah. <laughs> Me and the side. He would get it real in there too, man, because he'd get nervous. You gotta hold on. Yeah, yeah. the faster we got it, the yeah. tighter the grip on the cheek. Yeah, he's got big hands too, man. He's serious. It's about like it. War of the Worlds, like this alien hand just wrapping oh, wow. fully yeah. around its cheek. Yeah, just an alien elongated finger hand slowly creeping in his crevices at yes. high speeds. Yes, it's all true, man. Yeah. What was your inspiration for moving to LA from the East Coast? female in my life gotcha inspiration slash we're going you're coming or it's over now <laughs> um yes female in life uh pushed me there i'm grateful now of yeah. course but i went yeah i didn't want to go at all i love new york because i feel like i've had so many friends recently who've moved out there from here and they all are so into it yeah, I definitely, the first year I wasn't so into it, and I still love New York, but it's just different lifestyle. What kind of change do you think after that you just made more friends or got more comfortable? I'm not like a making friends sort of guy in general, so it wasn't that, because I'm coming back to New York, a place where I lived my whole life, I'm like, eh, should I invite anyone to the show? Nah. Um, I, wait, what was the question? Oh yeah, what, what made the transition better? Yeah. Or, yeah, I... Just meeting uh, Blake or hanging out with Blake? Blake, it was, yeah, the war of the world's hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah. a purpose um, and, you know, just the fear of like, okay, letting go. This is not the same thing. You're, you're, you can't walk everywhere. <laughs> Deal with it. You're going to drive. Get comfortable with driving. Simple s stuff. You know, I'm very, like, resistant to change. But I've heard, I don't know, you know, my dad's like a therapist and he said, you know, moving is one of, like, the most traumatizing experiences for most people it's like listed up there really like um, family death yeah. yeah it's just like so what you're experiencing is normal so i definitely was uh, freaked out by everything that just wasn't familiar to me you know where's my bodega why isn't it open at 4 a.m and why can't i just walk there comfortably it's just different and now i'm in it and um i have a dog and that just hold mm. the dog and i just and i have a band and that's fun and so it's like all these things mm. it's good um, man, I wish my dad was a therapist because I feel like he must have such good advice for you. My dad has good advice too. He does, but it, I was, I never took, I never took it until like I was old enough, re, you know, more recently, like when I was a kid, I would never, you know, you're still like, whatever. <laughs> right, right. But my parents were cool and liberal and, you know, they like, I remember my dad found like rolling papers once when I was in high school, like on the floor and he just like thought it was funny so i think like he, he wasn't as long as uh, moderation is the key 
Everything yeah. in moderation. You can do anything as long as. <laughs> so I think my yeah, but now yeah, my my dad's got a lot of knowledge. It's it's good. That's great. Um, so what else do you guys kind of have sort of coming up for? Because last time I saw you at Webster, and I didn't even know that you guys. I just kind of randomly ended up there. I thought you were just there hanging out. But you had just Dancing played. to Capital Cities. Yes, you yeah. saw me. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, Jared's a Capital Cities fan. He came all the way in from LA. Wow. I just... There I was dancing on stage yeah. with my giant glasses. On oh, yeah. Stage. That's what the show was. I forgot about that. I had a friend who worked there. So I just, just like, come by. And that was really, really weird. No. I mean, they're. It was fun, fun tour. Yeah. We people did... were so into it. Yeah. People were pumped. Um, Different yeah. kind of crowd than we're just used a, to. Yeah. It's like a radio crowd but yeah we just love was last time i saw you webster hall we were on support for capital cities it got more fun when the band um the support changed uh just cherub this band cherub i haven't heard them i hadn't heard them either but they were just fun to be around and they added like a life to more a little more life a little more connection we didn't capital city guys were cool but we didn't really like bro out with them as much we didn't share a dressing room with them. Right. Dude, I have the best segue of this whole interview right now. Do it. Uh, speaking of Cherub, I recently saw Smashing Pumpkins at Webster Hall. Cool. And they did not play Cherub Rock. What's mm-hmm. Cherub Rock? It's like one of the best Smashing Pumpkins songs. Did so, you see? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know that's. I don't know. They didn't play, like, they were, like, withholding a lot of the hit. They didn't play Today. They didn't play 1979. They played a lot that's of new weird. stuff. A lot of jams. They played a they played like Disarm and Zero, but it's a weird show. That is strange. I yeah, I feel like for a band that like yeah, it's like you know what people want to hear, like yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm like too attached to like my version of the Smashing Pumpkins, but like without like James E. Haw and like what was her name like Darcy, Darcy or yeah. whatever like. Without those people, like, that's not the Smashing Pumpkins, well, man. do you know who's playing with them? It was a drummer for Rage Against the Machine and the bass player from The Killers, who were, like, all good musicians. But, yeah, it was, like, really... It was weird. Yeah, it's not the same. It's, like, yeah, it's there's a the reason same. why, like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers sound way different with John Frusciante than without him. Like, yeah. there's an effect that one person... So if you change everybody but the lead singer... That ain't Guns N' Roses, man, and that ain't Smashing Pumpkins to me. Like, you call it what you want. So, like... I know, it's so crazy that, too, like... Yeah, like, They go on, these bands, like, Axl Rose is playing arenas, and he's I the know. only person... Really? That's, they still, like, people go see that? They yeah. do. That's what's so weird about it. People don't dig that deep, you know? It's just like, oh, Guns N' Roses, great, I'm gone. Well, I think it's, like, so much of it's just the voice. Like, that's the hardest yeah. thing to replicate. It's true. It's true. Um... Then you have Journey or somebody who has like a new singer who sounds exactly like their old singer. Yeah. yeah. Or Alice in Chains. It's like Sublime a brand, you know, Vegas. a brand gets. I can't believe that Dave Navarro was in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I know. What a weird record, too. <laughs> it wasn't. It totally changed it and suddenly was like all choppy and not good. Yeah. Like more like a nipple ring vibe. Yeah. <laughs> totally more like a washboard stomach, bisexual, slither, slithering kind of. Leather pants. Sensual, like, leather bell-bottom Very, bar. like, sort of, like, borderline, like, Armenian or Persian, I'm not sure, but it's, yeah. like, a dark Middle Eastern sexiness, Carmen Electra, 
Yeah, very. I have a friend who always talks about how like they had like the keys to like the Palace of Cool when he was in Jane's Addiction, and then it's like, dude, what? Like, what happened? Like, yeah. he was so awesome. He was in Jane's Addiction, like in that stop video. I know. He had like long hair and like shirt off and just like I know. does like tearing it up and then he became like jersey shore guy like yeah. weird manicured facial hair and like i always thought it was very la yeah <laughs> i lived there but that to me i was like oh wow that's like we both were trying to give him to know. the other coast <laughs> i was like that's like on you know like that's like do you still feel that way about the about la or about no i mean well every new york has a yeah cheesy aspect too and whatever dave navarro he's great you know I'll, i I love jane's addiction in their prime too it's just funny like his vibe is just funny you know i don't i've never met him he's probably a really cool guy I don't know. he's probably gotten laid more today than i have in my whole life too oh i mean yeah and he he's probably i i but meanwhile i dug deep enough to read his book and it wasn't good if that's I, a reflection of him as a person probably not i think good. i read it too <laughs> I'm trying to remember. But the oh. Anthony Kiedis book was awesome. The Kiedis book was awesome. So Scar good. tissue? Yeah, so good. You know what book is so good? Yeah. Um, have you ever read Duff McKagan's book? It's so I'm, easy. I'm reading it right now. <laughs> Dude, I read the Slash the book and that was cool, but the Duff one is so much better because he can actually like write yes. really well. Mm. Or the ghost writer or somebody yeah. actually, I thought the same thing. I was like, are these his words? Well, he this writes for The Stranger a lot and he talks about, at least he can like sort of, like at least he can write, I think. Yeah, I... You know, I I dig into all these music books, and even if I'm not even into the band, you yeah. know, like I just have curiosity of that period. But yeah, the Duff McKagan one, I'm just started reading it. It's funny because I'll read something a little more maybe intelligent, and then it's like switching channels. I'll keep that book to the side, and then I'll go to like Duff McKagan's book yeah, yeah, yeah. when I'm like my brain isn't like fully ready to just. It's like reading a magazine versus reading a novel or something. But yeah. It is interesting. I and I didn't realize that Duff McKagan came from truly did come from like a punk rock. Dude, so punk, like eighties punk, like a real punk history. He always seemed like in Guns N' Roses the characters. He was the punk guy, but I didn't yeah. he really was the punk guy. And that yeah, it's like he's talking about living in L.A. where it's like just like he'd turn the lights or be like a hundred roaches like sleeping mm-hmm. on the floor. Like yeah, that dude like really. Another really good one. I saw Steve Earle last night, and there's a book about him called Hardcore Troubadour. That's so good too. That guy's had like the most insane life. Yeah, that's probably good. Uh, do you guys read a lot on the road, or is it hard? I read a lot. It just, but like not just more like in bed. Yeah, it helps me like stop, it like push, it so I'm not thinking about other things. Just thinking about the words until it gets tired. Time. That's it for me. Otherwise, I'm, yeah, it's just at night. Yeah. Do you guys ever take melatonin? Tried that? No? Uh, Years I ha- ago. I had I for a spell. Yeah. Um, Makes me feel weird, though, and groggy in the morning. Yeah. So sometimes I take this magnesium supplement called Nature Calm or Natural Calm. If you looking I'm, for something i'm looking else. for something that's why i'm asking that stuff is really good yeah i haven't i used to take lunesta ambien that's not good no none of it was good <laughs> i used to take it all i was like oh it's ready for bedtime boom <laughs> the next day i'd be like i sent this email i sent <laughs> these messages oh my god to that person you truly black out no, man. This magnesium your body wants anyway helps you metabolize calcium. It's 
It's good that's stuff. safe. Yeah, that's healthy. I'm not. Yeah, just the prescription stuff's not safe. Yeah. No, it's dark. Are you guys? Are you guys in a van or a bus or how are you doing this tour? Private jet. <laughs> each. You guys each have a jet. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> no, it's a, a for now, it's a van and trailer. Nice. Is that kind of cool? Sort of after kind of doing kind of the bigger stuff to actually be able to stop and see stuff or not really (laughs) (laughs) i know i mean he he was a he's gotten to bigger levels than i have i never got like to super cozy bigger level so i don't know i've always been um working class (laughs) (laughs) um i'm ready for bigger stuff if it happens if it happens that would be awesome if it doesn't i've enjoyed i like seeing the country it's nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Like, how do you feel about the van trailer? You like it? Yeah, it's cool. I mean, everything's cool. I mean, it's it, bus is way better. Right, right. You're not at the mercy of other people. Right. You know, you wake up and when you want, and you 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 know, you also don't. You don't experience the drives. You sleep and the thing rolls down the highway and you wake up and you're in Cleveland. Right. You know, so. um, uh, And in my case, in my band, usually the like back lounge became my little music studio. So people would like let me have my space um, because I kind of like, like I kind of, that's, that's the hardest part for me on tour is like, my favorite part of like every day of my life, at least right now is like sort of like the morning getting up, having a coffee, writing a song, playing with creating something. That's my favorite stuff is the creation process. And that's the part that I feel like I leave behind when I go on tour and in a bus, I can find that process. And in a van, it's, it's much, much harder. Um, so that's the part of me that I feel goes unnourished and it's, it's something I'm still, I still work on trying to like find ways to like find that little moment, you know, it doesn't have to be much, um, you know, but if you have like right now, the way we tour is we, we, we're on tours that follow buses. So they have a 10 hour drive that they sleep through right and we wake up at eight in the morning or seven in the morning whatever get in the van by seven thirty, and then it's just not this you know it's right. just like a, it's just it's more like um uh, i don't know it's just more it feels more like work in right. that respect to those drives you know um but it's been it's fun it's nice, you know. We all have our own like bench and stuff, so like we create our own little worlds you know, on our benches. <laughs> but a bus ultimately is a you little. You did do one tour in an RV. I did do one tour oh, yeah? in an RV, and you were creative on the RV. I That's was. I, I, I at times I. Pref- you showed me some songs. You yeah. Had written them. Yeah, I liked the RV. That was a cool vibe, but I think to make the RV fully work, I would like need a driver because I can't. Do like that much driving? So much driving. When 
Minus a Bear came by here last month. They had one of those like box truck bandwagon type things. Mm-hmm. It's like a, they had like a separate driver in like yeah. a compartment. It, but they they said it was kind of bumpy. But they were like it's like half the price of a bus or something. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, I've heard the, yeah. the suspension is quite. The suspension seemed pretty bad, but otherwise, <laughs> so it's almost bus. <laughs> yeah, just with seasickness. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a trade off, man. You know, like uh, the thing about staying home. And getting my little moment of adventure as I lose, uh, my little moment of creativity, my moments of creativity in the morning, for instance, is you miss out on like the adventure part. You know, you got to just make a choice. That's like everything, you know, like we were talking about yesterday. You have a kid, maybe you miss out on some scuba diving trips. You don't have a kid, you get the scuba diving trips, but you miss out on that nurturing, wonderful, fulfilling experience. So you know, I understand that. Like, so this is like the adventure time. We go on a weird camping road trip, play some shows, drink some coffee and do some podcasts. You know, this is its own kind of like creative energy. And it, that, like, this is really fun. I'm having like a really fun time right now. I really am that I couldn't have at home. So it's, you know, that's life, man. Right. That's life. All right, that Woo! was Jared Gorbo and Blake Sennett from the Night Terrors of tw- 1927. And check out their album, Everything's Coming Up Roses. It's awesome. I actually saw them play the night at the night of the night we had them on. How do I say this? Later that, later that day. Later, at that's night. how you should say it. Like, well, wait, let's get the narrator to say it. Later that evening, Jonah went to the Night Terrors of 1927 performance i did they played at the gramercy hotel um which they do have you ever seen a show there they have this little stage off to the side i saw um bleachers did their album release show there too they do these kind of like really small kind of shows it's actually a pretty cool venue um so i went to the show and i went to a wedding party there really yeah i thought i can't remember if it was poster pre because they renovated the whole place like six years ago or something right like so or maybe even a lot longer. Ago. I don't know, man. I never really went there. It's a little classy for me. <laughs> I know I got like a vodka soda and it was like $17 or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really cool venue um, and they sounded great. And yeah, they're, you know, a legit band. So they'll be touring. So check out their site, see when they're coming through their town. Check out the honorary title and Rilo Kylie too, if you haven't. Awesome bands. Check out Commonwealth Press. Check out Commonwealth Press, cwpress.com backslash podcast. Get your six free shirts when you place an order. Um, and you should place an order, even if you're not a band. You should. Get yeah. some shirts, man. You're important. Oh, also, I guess I'm burying this really at the end, but I think this will be out in time. Uh, United Nations is playing some homecoming shows. Um, we are playing in D.C. at Rock and Roll Hotel on February 28th, and we are playing New York at St. Vitus on March 2nd with uh, our friends at Black Clouds and Loud Boys. So check us out if you want to see my band. Yeah. If not, they're loud. It's loud. It's loud. It's going to be crazy. I think that the, our last show in DC was insane. It's a Saturday night, so I think it'll be good. Um, and the Vitus show, Vitus is always fun. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be cool. Visit us online, um, Twitter, slash going off track, going off track.com. You can donate, blah, 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 blah. You, you know the deal. So, yeah. Thanks, Jared and Blake, for coming by. Thanks, Brad, for being so easy to do these with. Hey. So easygoing and hey. mellow. And it's sounding like the Fonz. Thank you for our new narrator. Yeah, thanks to our narrator. She's awesome. Thanks to Steven, even though he's not here right now. He's here in spirit always. All right, we will see you next week. Bye.